Welcome back to KMTT. Today is Monday, Hey San, and this will be the last week of KMTT before we will take a Hasaka the Pesach, before we take a Pesach vacation. And it's really only a week and a half to Pesach, so we're also going to try to keep getting ready. Today's Shir by Rafkan, which will be in Hilchot Vachot, but once again we'll concentrate on Hilchot Vachot to have to do with the Seder Pesach. Uh, this week we also begin with, with one time before Pesach. Hopefully we'll continue after Pesach. We're appealing and open for sponsorships and dedications for the Shiurim. If you're interested, there will be a, uh, a, a link on the webpage where you can contact us directly. And today's Shiur, today, this week of Shiurim, this week of Shiurim is dedicated in the memory of Avraham Berman, the Zecher Avraham Ben Yaakov, Yehi Zichro Baruch. And now for the Shir of Haraf Khan. On the night of the Seder, we recite the Haggadah. The Haggadah is basically the tool through which we're Makayim, the mitzvah of Sipoy Yitziat Mitzrayim, telling over the story of the Exodus from Egypt. The Haggadah at the beginning tries to establish exactly when we are obligated to fulfill this mitzvah. And we say as follows, We quote the Pasuk, the verse that says that you should tell over to your children on that day saying, Because of this, God did for me when I came out of Egypt. From this Pasuk we learn that there's a mitzvah, an obligation to tell over the story of Yitziat Mitzrayim. The the uh, Haggadah then comments, who said that we have to tell over the story on Lela Seder, perhaps we should begin at the beginning of the month. Uh, it says, on that specific day, and therefore we don't begin at Rosh Chodesh, the beginning of Nisan, but rather on that specific day, apparently the day in which we came out of Egypt. If it means that day, why do we have to wait till the evening? Perhaps we can start already uh, midday, that's, after all, the time in which we bring the Paschal sacrifice, the Kovana Pesach. So here we make a drasha from the term, Ba'avor Zeh Asa Shalimli. Ba'avor Zeh, Zeh is pointing to something specific. Because of this, what is this referred to? So the Haggadah comments, Lo Amarti Ella B'Shash Yesh Matzah Umarar Munachem L'Fanecha. The time is when the Matzah and Marar are in front of you. And the Mechilta adds, they're actually on the table. In other words, at what point are we obligated to be Makayim the mitzvah of Sipo Yitzhak Mitzrayim? At the point in which we can say, because of this, pointing to, to the Pesach, Matzah Maror, the time of the Mikdash, or nowadays, at the Matzah and Maror, these things, Matzah Maror, Asa Hashem Mitzrayim. And therefore, we have a relationship between eating of the matzah and maror, and sipo yitziat mitzrayim. The only time that we're obligated in sipo yitziat mitzrayim is during that time frame in which we have the mitzvah of eating the matzah and the maror. When do we have the mitzvah of eating matzah and maror? On Lela Seder, not in the middle of the day, but only at night, Lela Seder, Be'erev Tochlu Matzot. And therefore, the same is true regarding sipo yitziat mitzrayim, when, ob- when not obligated uh, from midday, but rather the, the chiyuv, the mitzvah, begins only at night. 
there are two possible ways of understanding this relationship between Sipur Yitziat Mitzrayim and between Matzah and Maror, the, the relationship that's established through Ba'avor One possible way of explaining it is that it's really coincidental. There's no intrinsic or inherent relationship between the two. However, the time frame in which we're obligated to be Mekayim, the mitzvah of Sipur Yitziat Mitzrayim, is the same time frame in which we're also obligated in another mitzvah, the mitzvah of eating matzah or the mitzvah of eating maror. Uh, both obligations occur in the same time frame. It's not totally arbitrary and coincidental, but the same, uh, the same thing which generates the chiyuv of eating matzah at night as opposed to the day is the same factor which results in the chiyuv of reciting Sipur Yitzhak Mitzrayim at night as opposed to in the day. You know, there's a common denominator regarding both, but it doesn't necessarily uh, reflect or express a relationship between Sipur Yitzhak Mitzrayim on the one hand and Pesach, Matzah, and Moror on the other hand. Uh, however, there's another way we can explain this relationship as well. The Mishnah Psachim, when it talks about the Mitzvah of Sipur, which one does after uh, filling the second cup of wine. The first cup of wine is the cup of Kiddush. The second cup of wine is the cup over which we recite the main sections of Sipur Yitzhak Mitzrayim. So the Mishnah says, hey, You bring in front of the person who says the Agad of the plate, which has the matzah, the maror, uh, and then, Kan ben Shoel, then you begin to recite Sipur Yitzhak Mitzrayim, which begins with the, the famous passage, Manishtana. Uh, and the question is, why do you bring this plate with the matzah and the maror in front of the person reciting the Haggadah? So, Tosos comments, Umiyad Sha'okrin Machzir Nufanav, the Hamatzah of Amara Allah, the Matzah and Mara are on this plate. Why? Sha'ray Tzarech Lom Ragada, Matzazu Marazet. In other words, Tosos limits the reason for bringing the plate because there is a section in Sipar Yitzhak Mitzrayim. We will be saying later on, Rabbi Gamliel Haya Omer, Whoever didn't say these three things will not fulfill his requirement. What are the three things that you have to say? Petzach, matzah, and maror. And when we get to the matzah, we say matzah zu. This matzah, which we eat, why do we eat it? What is its symbolic significance? And since we relate uh, to the matzah specifically, therefore we want the matzah on the table. But the entire recital of the Haggadah of Sipoi Timitraim from Avadim Hayinu and Mitchila Ovdei Avarazara, the Manishtana, none of that requires the Matzah and Mara to be in front of him. But we bring the plate because there will be a section later on which relates to Matzah Zushan Uochlim and Mara Zeshan Uochlim. That's why we bring the plate. Uh, Rabbeinu David, on the other hand, says as follows. The reason that we bring it actually in front of him is so that you can recite the story, retell the story of Yitzhak Mitzrayim when the Matzah and Mara are actually sitting there in front of you. In other words, according to Rabbeinu David, we are interested that the Matzah and Mara actually be in front of you when you recite the entire Haggadah. The, the, the plate with the Matzah and Mara is in front of you, not only because of that specific section, Matzah Zushan Rochlim, but rather it should be in front of you during the entire, entire retelling of the story of Yitziat Mitzrayim. Um, according to Rabbeinu David, apparently there's an inherent connection between the Sipur and between the Matzah and the Mara. 
you don't only recite the Sipur, the story, at the, during the same time frame when you are also obligated in Matzah and Mara, but rather you recite it while the Matzah and Mara is actually in front of you. And that's also what's indicated by the statement uh, that we saw in the Mechilta. When it's in front of you on the table, at that point you recite. If it's not on the table, you shouldn't recite. Um, at least, not lechatchila. The Minchas Chinuch uh, goes in the direction of Tosos, and he says, uh, is when you're obligated in Matzah but it's clear that you don't actually require that the Matzah be placed in front of you while you recite the Haggadah. So again, according to Minchas Chinuch, perhaps according to Tosos, the requirement of Munachim Lefanecha is not that you actually have to recite the Haggadah over the Matzah Mara when it's in your presence, but rather it should be during the same time frame that you're obligated in Matzah and Maror. These two positions are find expression in another, uh, another context as well. We eat on, let us say, the Matzah, which is referred to as Lechem only, the bread of oppression. However, Chazam Ekedrasha, Lechem Oni means Lechem Sha'onim Alav Dvarim Habe. The bread in which you recite many things, upon which you recite many things. The Rach, on Dav Kuftes Vavim Beis 115b, says as follows What do you recite over the, the Matzah? Pirush Omer Alav Hagada, Matzah Zushan Uochlim. Again, he limits what you recite over the Matzah to Matzah Zushan Uochlim. Similar to what we saw in Tosfos. However, Rashi on Dafamid Vav 36a says as follows Onumalov Dvarim Harbe, Shagomalov is a Halel, Omalov Hagada. You say both Halel and the Hagada over the Matzah. In other words, it's not limited to that one statement, Matzah Zushan Wachlim, but the entire Hagada, including the Halel, should optimally be recited over the Matzah. That's Lechem Sha'onimalov Dvarim Harve. We find that Rashi, similar to Rabbeinu David, take a more maximalistic approach. In other words, the entire Haggadah should be recited over Matzah and Maror. While Tosros and the Minchas Chinuch take a minimalistic approach, the only reason that you need the Matzah in front of you is to recite Matzah Zushanu Ochlim, that one specific statement. The entire Haggadah does not have to be recited over the Matzah and the Maror. According to Rabbeinu David and Rashi, we seem to note a integral relationship, an inherent relationship between Sipur Yitzhiyat Mitzrayim and the mitzvahs of Matzah and Maror and the time of the Mikdash Pesach Matzah and Maror, while according to Tosfos and the Rach, the two seem to be unrelated. True, you're obligated to do both within the same time frame. However, there's no inherent connection between the two. There's an additional Gemara in Psachim which seems to indicate a more inherent connection between uh, Pesach, Matzah, and Maror and the reciting of Sipur Yitzhak Mitzrayim. The Gemara on Daf Kuf Tazayin Amud Beis 116b says as follows, Am Ravacha Bar Yaakov Suma Pater Milomar Haggadah. Ravacha Bar Yaakov said that somebody who is blind is not obligated from the Torah, from Torah law, to recite the Haggadah. And his source is that it says, Ba'avur ze asa Shemli, ze means that you can point 
to the matzah and maror. And since somebody who's blind cannot point, cannot see, and therefore cannot point, he's not obligated by Torah law to recite the Haggadah. On that, the Gemara comments, V'ha'amar mereimar, sh'altinu l'rabbanu d'vei Rav Yosef, man d'amra agadata b'ei Rav Yosef, amru Rav Yosef, man d'amra agadata b'ei Rav Sheshes, amru Rav Sheshes. Both Rav Sheshes and Rav Yosef were blind. Nevertheless, when Mareimar questioned uh, the, those that spent the Seder by Rav Yosef and Rav Sheshes, who recited the Haggadah, the answer was Rav Sheshes said Rav Yosef recited the Haggadah. In other words, they were the ones who said the Haggadah. Everybody else listened. And nevertheless, they, they fulfilled the requirement. The question that Mareimar is asking is if it's true that somebody who's blind is not obligated by Torah law to recite the Haggadah, how could Rav Yosef and Rav Sheshis have publicly recited the Haggadah and enabled the others around who simply listened to them to fulfill their requirement if they themselves weren't obligated? In general, if I want to help you fulfill your obligation and I will recite something for you, for instance, if uh, you, want to, you want to hear Kiddush and I will recite Kiddush for you, the only way that I can help you fulfill your obligation is if my obligation is the same as yours, on the same level as, as yours. If I'm chayiv by Torah law and you're chayiv by Torah law, then I can recite the Kiddush for you and you, can, and, you, and you fulfill your requirement. If I'm obligated by rabbinic law and you're obligated by Torah law, then I cannot recite the Kiddush for you. Similarly, regarding the Haggadah, if Rav Sheshes and Rav Yosef, who were blind, were were not obligated by Torah law, but only obligated by rabbinic law, how could they have recited the Haggadah for all the rabbis who were sitting around their Seder table? They were only obligated by rabbinic law. Everybody around the Seder table was obligated by Torah law. Rav Sheshis and Rav Yosef should not have recited the Haggadah for them. The Gemara answers, Kasavi Rabbanan, Matzah Bizmarazed Rabbanan. These rabbis who sat around the table of Rav Sheshis and, 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 uh, and Rav Yosef, they believed that Matzah Bizman is Rabbanan. Rav Sheshis and Rav Yosef and all those around the Seder table, they all felt that Matzah Bizman is only Midrabanan. What this Gemara seems to indicate is if Matzah Bizman is Rabbanan, we're not obligated to eat Matzah, and we have no carbon Pesach, we're not obligated to eat Maror from Torah law either, uh, then Sipor Yitzhak Mitzrayim would be Drabaran as well. In other, words, in other words, the only obligation that we have on Leila Seder is the obligation of eating from the Karban Pesach, the Paschal Lamb. The Torah says, Amatzos Umron Yochluhu. You should eat the Paschal Lamb together with Matzah and Maror. So when we have the Karban Pesach, then we're obligated from Torah law to eat matzah and maror as well. However, if we don't have the Koran Pesach, then the mitzvah of eating matzah and eating maror is only Rabbanan. Therefore, the Gemara says, since matzah is manazah is Rabbanan, Rav Yosef and Rav Sheshis were able to recite the Haggadah for all the rabbis that sat around the table. But the question here is obvious. What is the relationship between the matzah and maror being drabanan and between Sipor Yitzhak and Tzrayim? 
even though matzah and maror is drabanan, nevertheless the sipur yitzchayim should be the araisa. Sipur yitzchayim is not dependent upon the carbon pesach, and therefore even if matzah and maror were drabanan, why should that affect the sipur yitzchayim? Apparently, the gemara feels that if matzah and maror would be drabanan. And nowadays, what we don't have the Beis HaMikdash, and we can't bring the Koran Pesach, we're not obligated by Torah law to eat. Pesach, certainly not. And Matzah and Maror, we're not obligated to be Masaper, Tzipor Yitzhak Mitzrayim either. In other words, Tzipor Yitzhak is dependent upon Matzah and Maror. But, if we would say Matzah Bizmanah Zedoraita, even though from Torah law we're not obligated to eat the Koran Pesach nowadays, and we're not obligated to eat more nowadays, if nevertheless we view matzah as independent of the Koran Pesach, because there's a separate Pasuk by matzah which says, Ba'erev tochlu matzos. By matzah it doesn't only say, Amatzos umomichulu, but there's an additional Pasuk which says, Ba'erev tochlu matzos. And this indicates to us that your chayiv matzah midda oraisa, whether or not there's a Koran Pesach, then Sipor Yitzhak Mitzrayim would be obligated for Sipor Yitzhak Mitzrayim, based on Torah law as well. This Gemara establishes a clear-cut connection between the mitzvahs of Pesach, Matzah, and Maror and Sipor Yitzhak Mitzrayim. We're only obligated in Pesach, Matzah, we're only obligated in Sipor Yitzhak Mitzrayim if we are also obligated from Torah law in Pesach, Matzah, and Maror. If, however, we're not obligated in Pesach, Matzah, and Maror, we're not obligated from Torah law in Sipor Yitzhak Mitzrayim either. This would seem to contradict what the Minchas Chinech claims, that the Torah, by saying, is only establishing the time of the year in which one is Chayav to be Mesaper Yitzhak Mitzrayim. In other words, it only tells us that you're Chayav on Leil Yudalid, on Leil Aseder. That's when you're Chayav in Mitzrayim. But you don't need that Matzah be actually in front of you. According to what we're seeing over here, that's not, that doesn't seem to be the case. In fact, if we wouldn't be obligated from Torah law in eating matzo or maro or carbon pesach, then there would be no, no mitzvah of sipor yitzias mitzrayim either. Perhaps one could interpret this gemara in a different way. One might claim that even though one is chayiv in sipor yitzias mitzrayim without matzah, even if matzah is manas as drabanan, one is chayiv in sipor yitzias mitzrayim. Nevertheless. Under those conditions, there will be no difference between somebody who's blind and somebody who's not blind. The only reason that we said that somebody who's blind cannot recite the Agada is because he's not able to say Ba'avor Zeh. That aspect of Ba'avor Zeh, where he points out to the Matzah and he says, Matzah zu shanu ochlim al shumah, that aspect is not, is, not, is not possible nowadays that, that Matzah is Drabanan. If matzah is drabanan, we wouldn't need the potential or the possibility of pointing out to the matzah and saying, matzah zushan mal shuma, because we're not obligated in matzah. It would be like the Koran Pesach. Pesach zushahayu avoseinu ochlim al shuma. But we're not actually pointing out to anything because there's nothing to point out to. If matzah bismanazeh is doraisa, then we have to point out matzah zushan ochlim, and that somebody who's blind cannot do. And therefore, that aspect, which cannot be accomplished through the blind person, he also cannot, a blind person will not be able to recite for somebody who's non-blind either. However, if matzah bismanazeh is drabanan, is not, is not 
Torah law, but based on rabbinic law, then that aspect of Ba'avor Zeh, when you point out the matzah and you say matzah zushanu ochlim, doesn't exist. Matzah shayu avoseinu ochlim. But not that we ourselves eat, because we're not obligated to eat matzah by Torah law. And therefore, there would be no difference between a summa, somebody who is blind, and somebody who can see. So Rav Yosef and Rav Sheshis, who recited the Haggadah, held that there's no issue of Ba'avor Zeh, because Matzah B'zmana Zeh is Drabanan, but the Mitzvah Sipur Yitzhiyaz Mitzrayim is not dependent on Matzah, and everything else can be said even based on Torah law. To summarize the Shir up until this point, we notice that there are two different ways that we can relate to the connection between Sipur Yitzhiyaz Mitzrayim and Achilas Pesach Matzah Umaror. One way is to say that it's really a coincidental relationship, they both coincide and collide and, are, and we're obligated to do both during the same time frame. But we don't have to really relate to one to the other except for that specific statement of Matzah Zushan Wachlim Al Shuma. The other way is to look at the two as being much more integrally related and therefore we're interested in the Matzah and Maror actually being Munach Lefanav during the entire uh, recital of, of the story, the, re- the retelling of the story of Yitziat Mitzrayim. Assuming that there is a relationship between the two, let us try to analyze what exactly is the nature of this relationship. The, the Mishnah, Daf Kufta Zayin Ralif, brings the famous statement of Ram Gamliel, which we recite in the Haggadah as well. Ram Gamliel Haya Omer, When anybody who didn't say these three things on Pesach, on Lel say did not fulfill his requirement. According to the Rambam, this, the requirement that he did not fulfill is the Misa of Sipo Yitzhiyat Mitzrayim. In other words, Sipo Yitzhiyat Mitzrayim demands that we not only tell over the historical events that went on on Lela Seder when Am Yisrael came out of Egypt, but we also have to discuss the, those specific symbolic uh, acts which we do on Lela Seder as well. We eat matzah, why do we eat matzah? We eat Pesach, Korban Pesach. Why do we eat Korban Pesach? We eat Mara. Why do we eat Mara? We have to explain the mitzvahs halayla as well. And it's all included under Sipo Yitzhak Mitzrayim. And that's why the Rambam brings this halacha down in Perak Zayin. Perak Zayin in Hilchos Chomotomatzah is the Perak in which the Rambam discusses the mitzvah of Sipo Yitzhak Mitzrayim. And within that context, he says that not only do you have to tell over the story and be and begin with Gnusim and then finish Bishvach and 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 Derek Sheila Uchuva and Manishtana and all the different halachas of Sipo Yitzhak Mitzrayim, but he says as well, call me Pesach, Lo Chovaso. The clear cut indication from the Rambam is that the mitzvah which you do not fulfill if you did neglected to say these three different things is the mitzvah of Sipo Yitzhak Mitzrayim. The Ramban, in a parenthetical comment at the beginning of Brachos, in the Melchamos Hashem, and his Hasagos on the Baal Ma'or, says as follows, Kol shlo gimel elu pesach, lo He didn't fulfill his requirement totally, but you did fulfill it on the basic level. Because we don't obligate you to repeat and eat once again the Pesach Matzah Umaror. In other words, had we interpreted lo that you did not fulfill your requirement whatsoever, then you would have been obligated to eat Pesach, Matzah, and Maror again. 
But since on the basic level you fulfilled your requirement, however, simply didn't fulfill the requirement the, may, the way you should have, therefore, we don't obligate you to eat once again the Pesach Matzah Umarah. So, Lo which means, according to the Ramban, an incomplete fulfillment, refers to what mitzvah? Which mitzvah did you fulfill but not completely, not totally? The answer is the mitzvahs of Pesach Matzah Umarah. In other words, what was not fulfilled completely was matzah. If I don't know why I'm eating matzah, then I did not fulfill my requirement of eating matzah. In other words, in order to be mekayim, the mitzvah of eating matzah, it's, I, it's not enough to eat the proper shear within the proper amount of time and to do totally the mechanical performance, but I have to have an understanding of why I'm doing it as well. If I don't know why I'm eating the matzah, then there's a pagam, a chisaron, something lacking in the mitzvah of eating the matzah, not the mitzvah of sipo yitzitzrayim, but rather in the mitzvah, regarding the mitzvah of eating the matzah. Similarly, we find that according to the rush, if one ate matzah without leaning back, without what we call haseba, he has to eat the matzah again. In other words, he didn't fulfill his requirement of eating the matzah. In other words, when you eat the matzah, you have to do it in the proper way. It's not only a mechanical performance, but rather it has to be done with, in the way that indicates what the matzah symbolizes. If the matzah symbolizes the ge'ula, the redemption, then one has to eat the matzah by leaning back, and one has to understand and appreciate what the matzah symbolizes. And without that, there's something lacking in the mitzvah of the matzah. When we eat the moror, we have to know what the moror symbolizes. That the moror symbolizes the, the, the bitterness of the shibud, of the avdus, of the slavery in Egypt, and of, of the terrible oppression. And therefore, in order to be yotze, to fulfill totally the, the mitzvah of moror, we have to understand why and what the meaning of eating moror is. And similar, similarly, we find that the Gemara says, Bala lo yatsa. If you swallowed the Marar and didn't taste it, you did not fulfill your requirement. Because the entire idea of Marar is to taste the bitterness. And if you swallowed it without tasting the bitterness, then you might have technically done an Achila performance. However, what you lacked is the entire soul of the Mitzvah of Marar, which is understanding what it means to feel the bitterness, to understand the symbolism, and all that was missing. I would like to suggest that the Rambam and the Ramban reflect two different positions on the relationship between Sipo Yitzir Tzitzrayim and Pesach, Matzah, and Maror. According to the Rambam, the primary mitzvah is Sipo Yitzir Tzitzrayim, and the Pesach, Matzah, and Maror are aids which help the person recite and retell the story. In other words, you shouldn't only tell over the story and have some kind of a boring lecture, but it's a show and tell. Not only do we relate the story, but the story is related also through eating the Pesach, Matzah, and Moror. And therefore, part of the mitzvah of Sipo Yitzitzrayim is to explain why we're eating the Pesach, Matzah, and Moror. It's all included in the mitzvah of Sipo Yitzitzrayim. It was the major mitzvah of Lela Seder, is to pass on and to educate future generations, and to explain all the missiles that we do at night in order that the, the, the telling over the story shouldn't simply be a dry lecture, but should include actions and, 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 and re, 
retelling through 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 replaying and reenacting the entire Exodus story. And therefore, not only do we tell over the story, but we eat the Pesach Matzah and Moro, which is a way in which the story is is told as, as as well. As a matter of fact, the Rambam in the famous verse, the Chol Davar Chayvadam Liro Setsatzmo Kilu Hu Yatsam Mitzrayim, has the Girsa Laharo Setsatzmo. He has to show himself as if he is now coming out of Mitzrayim. In other words, the Mitzvah of Sipur is not only is not only to tell the story, but it's also to show the story, to act it out to to your children as well. And therefore, not only is the sipur, the verbal sipur, uh, critical, but also actions and performances are are a way in which we tell the story as well. And therefore, it's important to understand and to appreciate what the symbolism of those actions are, otherwise it becomes meaningless. However, according to the Ramban, who basically puts the entire thrust on the eating of the Pesach, Matzah, and Maror, and the Kol Mishlama Gimel Dvar Pesach of the recital and explanation of why we're eating these three items is part of not but rather part of Pesach, Matzah, Maror. What that indicates is that the major mitzvah, the primary mitzvah, is eating Pesach, Matzah, and Maror. However, in order to make the mitzvah of Pesach, Matzah, and Maror, we have to understand how all these things fit in. In other words, it would be possible, according to the approach of the Ramban, to take an even more far-reaching approach and say that the entire Sipo Yitzhak Mitzrayim is actually a way of embellishing and appreciating within context of the entire story what, why we eat the Pesach, Matzah, and Moron. And as a matter of fact, we find a similar uh, idea expressed by the Ramban in a different context. The Ramban in the Sefer Mitzvos, at the end of the Mitzvot say quotes all the different mitzvahs which, in his opinion, the Rambam left out. Among them, he says, the Rambam left out the mitzvah of uh, the, the bracha on Limud Torah. And he says, don't think that the, the mitzvah of bracha on Limud Torah should be counted together with learning Torah, because they're two separate mitzvahs, just like bringing Bikurim, the first fruit, is, it, is counted separately than the, the mitzvah of Mikra Bikurim, reciting the parsha of Bikurim, and just like eating Pesach, Masa, and Mor is counted is, is, is a separate mitzvah, and the mitzvah of Sipo Yitzrayim is not included within the mitzvah of Pesach, Masa, and Mor. In other words, the Ramban creates a certain relationship that Birchas Torah to Tamba Torah is like Mikra Bikurim to Havas Bikurim is like Sipo Yitzrayim is to Achilas Pesach, Matzah, and Maror. In all these cases, we have the primary mitzvah performance and we have the explanation of that mitzvah. The major mitzvah is Talmud Torah. The bracha is recited before in order to allow us to learn and to appreciate what learning is. The major mitzvah is bringing the Bikurim. The Mikra Bikurim is in order to understand and internalize what the meaning of bringing Bikurim is. The major mitzvah is eating Pesach, Matzah, and Maror. And the entire mitzvah of Sipur Yitzhak Mitzrayim, even though it's counted independently, is there in order for us to understand and appreciate why we're eating Pesach, Matzah, and Maror. According to the Ramban, the entire focus has switched. And the major mitzvah, the primary mitzvah, is eating Pesach, Matzah, and Maror. While the Sipur Yitzhak Mitzrayim comes to embellish and to enhance and to help us understand why we're eating the Pesach, Matzah and Maror, and give us an entire context to understand the symbolisms of the Geula and the Shibur, etc. Perhaps one could suggest that in contrast to the Rambam, 
which who we explained viewed the myths of Sipo Yitzrayim going outward, I have to tell it and show it to others. According to the Ramban, we view the major mitzvahs of Leila Seder as going inwards. It has to be something which affects me. And the way in which I internalize the religious messages of Yitzhak Mitzrayim, not only understand them intellectually, but actually internalize them emotionally and experientially, is by playing them out and viewing myself and re-experiencing those experiences that Am Yisrael went through in Mitzrayim. I have to experience the Shibut, experience the slavery, in order to be able to experience the, the, the redemption. And therefore the Sipur is said in order to help us re-experience, me and my children re-experience the Sipur Yitzhak Mitzrayim and the, and, the, and, the, and the divine revelation that, that we achieved. So while according to the Rambam, the mitzvahs of Leil Seder are basically outward to tell and to show to others. According to the Ramban, the mitzvahs of Leil Seder are basically inward in order to experience, re-experience myself. And I use the tools of telling over the story and acting out the story in order to help me re-experience those great uh, religious, religious uh, revel- that great religious revelation that we achieved on Leil Seder. And the truth is that there's no contradiction between these two, and one could perhaps suggest that the relationship between Sipo Yitzhak Mitzrayim and Achilles Pesach Matzer Maror is bi-directional. And really there are two different major foci of the mitzvahs of Leila Seder. On the one hand, we have to go outward and tell others and pass it over to other people and to our children and our children's children so that the tradition of Yitzhak Mitzrayim be maintained throughout all generations. On the other hand, we also have to turn inward and we have to appreciate and internalize and re-experience and through reenactment those great, great dramatic events of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. And halavayu should all be zochem to a gu'ula in our day and age, benisa negalim u'benisim asidim lehigael. And for the halachayomit, the halachayomit of this week, we will be doing... Uh, Aspects of Hilchot Pesach. The Isur of Chametz, aside from the Isur to eat Chametz, and the Isur to have Hana'a from Chametz, which is parallel to other Isurim in the Torah, some Isurim are Isurim Achila, some Isurim are Isurim Hana'a as well, it have any benefit. But there is an additional Isur in Chametz of Bali Ra'eu Bali Matzei, which is really unique. That one's not permitted to have Chametz in one's house during the time of the Isur, in other words, during Pesach. Lo yira'eh lo cannot be seen, cannot be found, which both of them are interpreted by Chazal more or less, more or less in the same way. There's some question if there's any difference whatsoever, but more or less in the same way to mean you cannot have chametz of yours any place in your possession. There's also a mitzvat asay of tashbitu sa'omi bateichem that you should eliminate. The hashbit means to eliminate to eliminate any, the word is sa'ah, it means chametz, to eliminate any chametz from your, from your houses. This mitzvah is called the mitzvah of bi'ur chametz. The word of the Torah is lahashpit. In Chazal it's leva'er, the machoket tanaim, Rabbi Huda says, ein bi'ur chametz ela sereifa. That the way to eliminate chametz is by burning it. Chachamim amuim hashpatato b'chol davar. Af matilayam, af zorel aruach. You can throw it into the sea, you can uh, um, 
scatter it in the wind. Rabbi Yehuda holds, it should be burnt. And therefore, we are mekayem that mitzvah, at least in some chametz, by burning the chametz on Erev Pesach. But you have to get rid of all your chametz, because if you don't get rid of all your chametz, one way or another, you'll be transgressing the love of Bayirayu Bayimatzei. For this reason, Chazal instituted Midrabanan, also Bedikat Chametz, that you have to look, because perhaps you won't get rid of all the chametz, so if we have to search for chametz before Pesach, today, because we spend so much time cleaning the house before Pesach, it's become somewhat ceremonious. Because you basically know, or you should know, where the chametz is, but nonetheless, the mitzvah, the Rabbanan, remains. Halach uh, HaLemaisa, I think, that given the fact that we have we have cleaned the house in the week or two before Pesach, going from room to room, so that knowledge is is important. Were it not for that, then you'd have to do B'dikat Chametz really super thoroughly, checking in every single possible hole, and I think it would take, for the average house, it would take you several hours. Given the fact that you basically know where the Chametz is, so I think Allah Chalamayt, someone can rely on that, and I wouldn't say do it superficially, but to do it in a, in, in a manner that's appropriate. In other words, you can do it much, much more quickly. Nonetheless, I still find it strange that people can finish a house in 10 minutes, uh, basically only looking for the crumbs that the wife has, has put down in advance. You do have to go over every place, Shemach Nisimbo Chametz, and to look there. I don't think you have to look there with a microscope. If you look there to make sure no one's forgotten it, no one's overlooked this place by accident, you're more or less covering, uh, covering the Vdika. And uh, I can just tell you my own experience, it takes me 40 minutes to do my house. Vdika uh, has to be done in every place which one might uh, put Chametz, and I think the most important place which sometimes is left out is your car. It's definitely a place where Chametz is brought into. If you go on a trip or something, you know, you take cookies, you take you take food with you in the in the car, and uh, it's also a place which might not be cleaned out so well before Pesach in the general spring cleaning. In any event, Bidikat Chamed should also include one's car. La'ohaner, what does it mean La'ohaner? So Chazal speak of a candle that gives very very good light. Based on the way Chazal described the light. It would seem, and most posts can agree, that an electric light is not any worse. If not, it might, might very well, in fact, be better. Uh, we all have a certain feeling that you should do takanot chazal the way they were done. And I, I, I agree. And I have to admit that what I do is I carry a candle and a flashlight. A flashlight so I can see better. And a candle to do it the way my father, my grandfather, my great-grandfather did it. Allah Chalamaisa, I think that a flashlight is indeed good. Some folks can uh, somewhat skeptical about that, but most folks can agree that electric light, meaning a flashlight, is in fact excellent. You can you can you can uh, focus it properly. It gives a good light in the dark, and therefore that's a, a good way to do b'dikar. But uh, it's a nice thing to take a, a regular candle with you with you as well. All of b'dikat chametz is also relying on a another halacha called Bitul Chametz. The Gemara says that the mitzvah of Tashbitu, to eliminate Chametz, is fulfilled by Bitul Chametz. And Bitul is done Balev. The Bitul Balev Saki. What does it mean, Bitul? Bitul also means to eliminate, but it has the connotation of a mental elimination. And the Gemara says that Bitul is done Balev. It's done in one's heart, meaning in one's mind. There's Machloket Rishonim, what does Bitul mean? According to the Benutam, Beetle is Hefka. You change the ownership of all the Chametz that you own to being Hefka, to being unowned, to be ownerless. And since only Chametz which belongs to you may not be in your house, but Chametz which belongs to others, you may 
keep in your house, which is the basis for the sale of chametz to a guy, there is also chametz which has no owner either. It's also not yours. It says, Lo Chametz should not be seen to you, and to you is interpreted to mean to belong to you. So Rabbi Natan says, Chametz which is ownerless is not included in Bayari by Matzei, and what's more, you fulfill the mitzvah of Tashbito. And he says, that's what Bito Chametz means. Other Rishonim, primarily the Ramban, say that Bito is not a transfer of legal ownership to being ownerless, but Bito is a mental a mental illumination, a mental illumination of importance. There's some fine differences in the different uh, versions of the Ramban, which we're not going to go into, but Bito means thinking about this thing that it's, it's worthless, unimportant, almost like non-existent. There's a difference in the Nusach of the Bito. In the Siduvim, in many Siduvim it says, Libatel v'leheve hefker ka'afrad ara. It should be batel, and it should be hefker, ownerless, like the the dust of the earth. That's based on the Benu Tam. But because according to the Ramban, that's not the meaning of Bito. What's more, the Ramban says that ownerless chametz, you are, you do transgress. Only chametz which belongs to someone else, to a guy, but not chametz which has no honor at all. So therefore, in fact, one should not say the word hefka. Even according to Benu Tam, if you don't say it, it'll still work. And you should say, Vibatel v'leheve, which is exactly the formation of the Ramban. It is, in my eyes, like 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 dust, and that eliminates the the technical issue of bayimatzei. Uh, the reason why you still have to do bdika is because Chazal were afraid that you might have some decent, nice piece of cake left over, and uh, when you find it, you will uh, it will not be included in the bitul because it's not in your eyes as nothing. It's a gluska yifefia. It's appealing. And it has importance in your eyes, which is an important point for understanding Beetle. Beetle only works if you're really mevatel, means you have no connection, you have no feelings, nothing to do with the schamach, it's nothing, it's dust in your eyes. It's impossible to do Beetle and to say, and in eight days from now, I will take the thing back. I will, I will have a different attitude towards it. If you know in eight days you're going to want to eat this, then you're not mevatel oto, you're not eliminating it in your mind, now, that's different than Mechirat Chametz, which you can sell for seven days, even though you know you're going to buy it back later. But right now, it doesn't belong to you. But if Beetle is mental uh, uh, denigration, mental elimination, then it has to be done forever. This thing has no importance in my eyes. And Chazal was suspicious of whether people can actually do Beetle well. The Ryan says that uh, people don't do Beetle well when you're dealing with, with serious food stuff, not with crumbs, but with, with uh, real food that they have in the house. And uh, we don't rely, therefore we don't rely on Beetle, but we get rid of it, but we get rid of it physically. Just to sum up quickly, the mitzvah of B'dikat Chametz is done in the night, when it's possible to search better because of the nature of light in darkness. You do B'dikat Chametz at night, Bi'ur Chametz, the burning of the Chametz, is done in the morning of Ever Pesach, and by the, uh, by the fifth hour, the fifth hour of the day, so the chametz, all the chametz in your uh, own, in your possession, should have been eliminated, and the house should be chametz free. Tomorrow we'll be back. The shul, which usually comes on Tuesday, the shul in uh, Jewish philosophy, has finished its series. There'll be a shir tomorrow, shir lahalacha, on the isur of kitniot, on Pesach, which will be given by Harav Mordechai Friedman. Until then. You've been listening to KMTT, called to Vipokat HaTorah Mitzion.
ציטטתי מציון תצא תורה ודבר השם מירושלים.